Hello, hello, my dear audience. I'm Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. Today, I'll be talking about narcissism. Uh, while I'm talking, if you want to contribute to our conversation on this subject, or have someone in your life that you think may be a narcissist, or you think that you may be suffering from the problem, or you have a question on the subject, please call at 970, oh, excuse me, <laughs> I started giving you my telephone number. Uh, call at 888-874-4888. Eight, eight. Again, 888-874-4888. Eight, 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 four, eight, eight, eight. And of course, if you want to email me, you can email at drpeterresnik at gmail.com. D-R-P-E-T-E-R-R-E-Z-N-I-K at gmail.com. Before we start, I have a little show and tell for you. I came across Albert Einstein's letter to his daughter on the universal force of love. This letter uh, was donated by Margot Einstein, uh, the scientist's stepdaughter, and um, she donated it to the Einstein Papers project, which was published in 2020. Here is the letter. The following is scientific proof that love conquers all and helps explain why I'm so focused on transforming toxic human energy to positive human energy. That's the key to fixing everything. When I proposed the theory of relativity, very few understood me. And what I will re reveal now to transmit to mankind will also collide with the misunderstanding and prejudice in the world. I ask you to guard the letter as long as necessary, years, decades, till society is advanced enough to accept what I will explain below. There is an extremely powerful force that so far science has not found a formal explanation to. It is a force that includes and governs all others, and is even behind any phenomenon operating in the universe, and has not yet been identified by us. This universal force is love. When scientists looked for unified theory of the universe, they forgot the most powerful unseen force. Love is light that enlightens those who give and receive it. Love is gravity because it makes some people feel attached to others. Love is power because it multiplies the best we have and allows humanity not to be extinguished in their blind selfishness. Love unfolds and reveals. For love will live and die. Love is God and God is love. This force explains everything and gives meaning to life. This is the variable that we have ignored for too long, maybe because we are afraid of love, because it is the only energy in the universe that man has not learned to drive at will. To give visibility to love, I made 
a simple substitution of my famous equation. If instead of E equals MC square, we accept that the energy to heal the world can be obtained through love multiplied by the speed of light squared. We arrive to the conclusion that love is the most powerful force there is, because it has no limits. After the failure of humanity in the use and control of the other forces in the universe that have turned against us, it is urgent that we nourish ourselves with another kind of energy. If we want our species to survive, if we are to find meaning in life, if we want to save the world and every sensitive being that inhabits it, love is the one only answer. Perhaps we are not yet ready to make a bomb of love, a device powerful enough to entirely destroy the hate, selfishness and greed that devastate the planet. However, each individual carry within them a small but powerful generator of love whose energy is waiting to be released. When we learn to give and receive this universal energy, dear lesser, we will have affirmed that love conquers all, is able to transcend everything and anything because love is the quintessence of life. I deeply regret not having been able to express what is, my, is in my heart, which has quietly beaten for you all my life. Maybe it's too late to apologize, but as time is relative, I need to tell you that I love you, and thanks to you, I have reached the ultimate answer. Your father, Albert Einstein. For whatever reason, ladies and gentlemen, I was really touched by this letter. And I hope uh, in, in coming years, I don't think months, I will be able to fully understand the meaning of it. And I don't think that uh, Einstein used metaphors uh, in this letter. He really meant it uh, and meant it to be understood exactly as it's written. Anyway, um, I hope you appreciated uh, this letter, and uh, if not as I did, but in your own way. Uh, if you're interested, email me. If I, I will gladly send you the letter, the copy of the letter. And now we'll talk about narcissism. In preparing the talk on the subject of narcissism, I read a, a few articles and I relied on my experience as a therapist. And I found quite um, uh, an interesting article written by uh, Kendra Cherry. Uh, it was very helpful to read her observations, were written very concisely and very, very powerfully. She's an author and educator, consultant focused on helping students learn about psychology. First, who is a narcissist? A narcissist is someone with inflated image of themselves. I think a while ago, we already spoke about self-centeredness. Yeah, I, I think we, we did. Uh, 
But that's different from narcissism. A self-centered person is um, has quite different characteristics. Let me first talk about um, narcissism, and then I will remind you of what we spoke about um, when we covered self-centeredness, and you will see the difference. A person who has inflated sense of self often has an exaggerated interest in their own image and appearance that they lack um, consideration, they lack empathy to others. Someone with narcissism is highly self-centered, but, but it goes beyond that. Um, It's very difficult at times, if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, to recognize these qualities because they also uh, behave in, they are very, usually very charming and uh, seems to be very giving because they, they are able, most of the time narcissists are very uh, eloquent and can introduce many things to you so you get charmed by them. In fact, narcissism, uh, exists on the spectrum. Uh, some people might progress to a very high level of narcissism, but we all are narcissists to a little degree. You probably noticed that you speak to someone and they're sharing with you with an event, uh, with an experience they had, and you immediately go, oh, but I had. That's, that's being a little bit self-centered because you turn everything toward yourself. You relate only through your own experience. But but the same qualities may be exaggerated uh, to the degree that uh, psychologists developed um, or coined a clinical diagnosis called NPD, Narcissistic Personality Disorder. Um, and there are different theories why people become narcissists. Of course, there is always a genetic theory of narcissistic personality. Um, and that is that you inherited it. Your, your father was a narcissist, your grandfather was a narcissist, and of course you are a man, you are a narcissist. Uh, this I don't necessarily subscribe to. It may be true, maybe not. I've met over the years in my practice narcissists who, whose parents were not narcissists at all. And grandparents were not narcissists. And who knows, again, I spoke uh, on a number of occasions about the idea that we may never know where the problem comes from, whatever disorder it is, because it may come uh, from your ancestors, but it may come from your previous lives or from something else. You know, to, to every theory you come up with uh, explaining why a person grew up a certain way, there is another theory that talks about something opposite. So I personally believe not in genetics, but in psychogenetics whether it is uh, cancer or narcissism, what's psychogenetics? Uh, yes, you are influenced, but not necessarily through your physics, through your genes, but through the through behavior of a person, you observe their behavior. And then you take it in again, it, there is always a possibility that comes simply directly from past life when your parents are are not narcissistic. But uh, just like with cancer, um, some believe, for example, 
that uh, a woman who has uh, breast cancer uh, more than likely has breast cancer uh, in her family, in, in the maternal line. But that may not be the case. It may be uh, simply um, that she is ill and because as it's a consequence or reflection of inner conflicts and her mother had the same conflicts, let's say, not taking care of herself, like with breast cancer, uh, being a giver but not receiving, and her grandmother. And so uh, she learned this through uh, psychological or, or behavioral patterns rather than uh, physically. The same thing with, with narcissism. Uh, a, pers a, a person can have a, a parent who is self-absorbed and and that parent learned from his or her parent who's to be self-absorbed and so on. So what is narcissistic personality disorder and how to deal with it? First, uh, they lack empathy. You, you have to ask if you question, and a lot of people who deal with people who are self-absorbed and uh, may notice this, that People, and um, now we give you a term, narcissism, people who are narcissistic uh, lack empathy. Uh, they are focused on themselves and they struggle to understand pain of others, which means if something is happening to them, they want your attention, they want your understanding, they want your support. But if the same thing happens to you, uh, they will explain it somehow, more than likely. It's like make it, minimize it, minimize it, uh, make it unimportant. In fact, you, you, how dare you bring it up because it, it's not an, an really an issue. Uh, you have to resolve it on your own because they, they cannot be bothered. Uh, Then uh, another characteristic of narcissists uh, are that they are pre preoccupied with their self-importance. Uh, always thinking and always talking about it, about their accomplishment, exaggerate their accomplishment and importance. Uh, often it is really an attempt to cover up their insecurity and the weak sense of self. Because deep inside, they, they know that they're making up a story, that they're inflating themselves. So, and because they feel small, they feel insignificant, they need to boost their ego even more. Another characteristic of a um, narcissistic person is that they're absolutely unapologetic. They have real, really little regard for the feelings and needs of others. They won't apologize uh, unless it's impossible. You know, again, I have to remind you that there is always a spectrum and, and some people are just not uh, putting up with things and they stand up for themselves and they're confident. But when it comes, when you observe where a person will make critical comments about you but then, God forbid you say something about them, then they will get offended or attack you because that's unacceptable because what you do is you threaten the sense of their inflated self. So 
that's a very typical quality um, of a narcissist. Rather than accepting responsibility for their mistakes, they usually lash out or blame other people. Uh, also, they are very manipulative. If you are living with a narcissistic person, you might often feel like you are being lied to, manipulated or mistreated. It often seems like they will say and do anything to get what they want and what they think they deserve. And they think that they deserve everything. Uh, sometimes narcissistic uh, characteristics are easily to recognize. You, I, even from what as little as I said already, you can say, oh, I know this person. But covert narcissism is more difficult to detect. The covert narcissist also has a, this grandiose sense of importance and exploits others and lacks empathy. But their narcissistic behaviors are more difficult to spot. They may not demand respect outwardly or compliance or favors or admiration. They don't demand it openly. But the one who is dealing with the covert narcissist may begin to feel after a while that all the rhetoric of the person is there to indirectly lead you to uh, granting them respect, compliance, favors, admiration. So think just like for a moment, uh, I will not speak and you think of scan kind of your friends and think who and yourself too, who would be fitting into this uh, frame, the people are, I will repeat, the one is they're controlling, they put themselves first, all the time. And unless they're trying to get something from you. The other thing is they lack empathy. And not particularly concerned about your feelings. They feel entitled and special and feel like they're better than anybody else. They're selfish and never consider what you feel. They expect you to put them first and prioritize their needs before anybody else or anybody, anything else. They expect often blind loyalty. That's extreme narcissism. They don't feel they need to be loyal to you, but you absolutely have to be loyal to them. They absolutely don't accept criticism. They lie if necessary, twist, uh, twist reality. That's it's called gaslighting. I, I recently learned this term and they're extremely manipulative. Uh, so I will, I will tell you a little bit later about uh, gaslighting because I, I like kind of it's a new term. I don't know if psychologists made it up or who, but it kind of encompasses a lot. But let me talk about the tips of dealing with a narcissist. And it's extremely important to find ways 
uh, to cope with with a narcissist because otherwise it will can destroy you uh, particularly if you live with this person uh, in in close quarters uh, if it's your spouse uh, understanding what makes narcissists tick and exploring some key coping strategies can help you manage your relationship with a narcissist while preserving your own mental health again assuming that you have no choice but live with this narcissist whether this person is uh, someone you work with or, or it's your spouse uh, unless you are ready to say goodbye you have to learn how to live with it you right by the way if if as you're listening if you have any question regarding this what i'm talking about or you want to share your personal experience you're absolutely welcome to call i gave you the telephone number uh, so one of the tips is you absolutely must not take their behavior personally and and that very often the person in the relationship with the narcissist begins to question oneself and begin to because narcissist often will point out particularly god forbid you are non-compliant you don't accept uh, their supremacy you don't accept you don't give them enough respect they begin to put you down you always have to remember when somebody is putting you down or anybody a narcissist or not nice to you just that and when i say not not nice to you you understand i don't mean singing songs to you and getting up when when you walk into a room just you know, i think it's a universal um idea of, of, of human being which is being nice a decent human being oh we have gina is calling so uh uh let's let's pause on don't take their behavior personally remember they have their own story and you have to remind yourself this is this person's story and i want to take gina's uh, phone call uh gina you're on the air yes good afternoon um, hi hi gina hi, nice how are you? you you sound fine um that was just uh awesome that um albert einstein's letter is just re- reaffirmed everything that I kind of had in my heart and oh. but I had my experience in my life I met my I I'm talking about a marriage and um so it gave me a little more um, that I made the right decision by divorcing that person because he was totally a narcissist but my question is is, is it hand in hand a narcissist with a sociopath does that have any um you know, um, affinity, do they, uh, sometimes are they sociopathic also? Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a good question, Jim. Uh, you know, we, I would have to take uh, DSM-5, it's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Psychiatric Disorders, and, and read, I don't have it on hand, and read to you uh, Narcissistic Personality Disorder and then so uh, sociopathic uh, 
now now they call it sociopath. Um, in the in the past, it was called psychopathy. Oh. Uh, and you would find that most there were usually like there were nine or ten criteria, and if a person fits, if there were a person has five, uh, seven to eight characteristics, oh, this person is a narcissist, or this person is a sociopath. Uh, I, in my my experience, uh, I would not see much, I, I don't know much difference between them, except that narcissists are, let's say, a little bit aware of the environment a little bit more have certain morals they they are twisted morals that they have morals which means uh, the morals oh oh yes there is a term i don't know somebody uh, used this term and, and asked this person and they explained to me so but it was the only time i heard the term amoral do you know what um, amoral rather than immoral is um are you saying amoral? I know a little bit about amoral, but I don't know what um, amoral. So, I don't, no, I don't know that. Maybe it's amoral, but not immoral, which means a person mm. has no morality. And what was explained well. to me, uh, what amoral or amoral uh, is, is a person who lives by his or her own morality, which means they are mm. not without morality, but they create mm. their own morality. So, so... Uh, narcissist, narcissist will have um, the same values that you and I have, but his sense of self-importance is exaggerated. Mm -hmm. uh, the sociopath, or a person who who is a psychopath, basically, that's I like much more the old term. They create their own morality they by their own rules. Not only that they don't feel anybody's pain and they lack any empathy, they believe if you would probably put them on lie detector and ask them questions about the rightfulness of their action, they probably would pass that they're not lying. They are right. <laughs> so that's exactly. the psychopath. Uh, it's, it's a person who absolutely created, and we'll take, we can only guess where it comes from. Again, we, we'll go into an abyss trying to guess why a person grows up uh, a psychopath. And one does, one does not. And I know people who grew up in the same environment with the same parents, and one became a loving and caring uh, father and husband, and the other one is totally a psychopath. Mm -hmm. They were treated the same way. The only way I can explain it is is uh, by by referring to uh, past life experiences and a person came into this world with, particularly that I know I spoke to this person's mother, and he was like this from from young age. He would inflict pain on his brother yeah. and, and feel no remorse. So that's that's the psychopath. Mm -hmm. I would say psychopath has a whole different uh, reality and, and moral system. 
though there is would they be trying to protect themselves from pain as as a young person in in that environment would do you think that would drive the shape their personality a bit you know it's a good guess but again you will see people who never had bad experiences never experienced pain and still are psychopaths you mm. you that's why it's futile a uh, uh, thing to to search of why a person is the way he or she is that's how they feel though i remember many many years ago in graduate school i read about psychopathy and there was one of the theories that they were lacking because they examined the brain of psychopaths mm-hmm. um, and they discovered that they lacked a certain chemical in the brain and what makes you and me excited doesn't make them excited so for them to feel in fact they feel depressed for them to feel normal they need to do something super um, exciting for, for us it would be probably too exciting too overwhelming mm-hmm. and with them they feel normal that's why they will watch movies of of extreme violence and mm. not touch i remember many many years ago about 40 years ago one you know i just learned to speak barely learned to speak english and i bought a ticket it was a movie called caligula caligula mm-hmm. about the roman yeah. emperor and yeah. i remember walking out after 15 yeah. minutes because i they started showing this uh, torture where caligula was torturing uh, or ordered someone and now it's been so long ago but i remember how they showed the torture and he was like smiling and enjoying watching it uh that's typical psychopath and i could not watch the movie i walked out for me then i think i paid two dollars for a movie or three it was like an expense but i could not watch it but a psychopath will watch it and smile and you know mm-hmm. from that perspective you know uh, i uh, heard on one interview where a person was uh tortured by uh, uh saddam hussein not not physically not uh, personally tortured but in front of saddam hussein and saddam hussein called his wife and they both enjoyed watching they were some think something is not right with these people i understand there are people who torture other people because you know unfortunately it is within their morality they think this person is uh let's say uh, a spy and they torture this person and we know unfortunately you know it happens uh, but uh, the person does not enjoy doing it and yet if a person begins to enjoy inflicting pain on the other person that's where mm-hmm. that's where i think all the torturers who enjoy it they're really psychopaths this and i would agree something is lacking in their brain so mm-hmm. let's go back to <laughs> let's go I, back to, I, to your I, good question yeah i wanted to I say did. congratulations that you got rid of uh, well, save my children because I did, I said no this is not they're not going to grow up the way and behave the way you do and thank god they are caring and and um you know a compassionate human beings and I I realized I did the right thing even though it was very painful I I had to do it I had to do it 
if you don't mind, remember I listed all the characteristics of narcissists. Yeah. So which yeah. qualities did you specifically all notice that oh, something is not right here? Oh, oh that's why that's why I called because this is I, that confirmed they kind of like, you know, I still had this residual that I do the right thing because as my sons got older, they said they wish they had a father around the table. And so I got yeah, a little guilt is still there. But when I heard what you said, and I have never really heard that, I, I, went, to a, a, I went to a marriage counselor. He wouldn't go. He, he, nothing's wrong with me. Nothing's wrong with me. And he had many opportunities, but he wouldn't go. But I never touched on the psych, psychological part of it, you know, but obviously. And he was a pilot, so he, he got the thrill of being up there in the wild blue yonder. Where oh, when yeah. I try, when I tried to get pilot lessons from him, he started playing playing around and being goofy in this little light light craft plane. So I realized I can't learn from you. That's for sure. You know what I'm saying? It's like so. No, all of them. That's to answer that succinctly. All of them. And I have, and uh, have an in law, uh-huh. a company in law. Paranormal. All she wants to watch is the paranormal movies. Every time I go over there, you watch a movie, paranormal. And I like to say, I don't do paranormal. And you wonder why you can't sleep at night? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you did you have this experience where where he would make a comment that would be hurtful? And then if you get if, if you show that you're hurt, he will kind of say that you're ridiculous because he didn't mean anything, that it's nothing. Yeah, He's, did I, you? Think that she, I think she doesn't go that with me, with me but she'll, she'll talk about other people like uh, kind of they're supposed to be friends, but she says things about them behind their back and yeah. and uh, it, she self-absorbs everything, takes it personally and I, 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 you know what I'm saying? And um, I called her back, I mentioned her a while ago with you and I used to and I, I distanced myself, and um, because every time we talked, it was a hundred percent about her. I, 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 you know, and it's like doesn't matter. I, I'm a good listener. It doesn't matter. I'm a full-grown woman. I can handle certain things. But it gets to a point where you realize this is it wasn't helping. Listening and 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 trying to give advice and 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 so forth and so on and being, you know, being considerate and caring. It didn't help. So you know, you don't have to find your own way because I'm at the stage of my life I have to I have to have much, much clarity and much energy for myself <laughs> yeah yeah but it's interesting that you you know you were married to a narcissist oh yeah but there was <laughs> something that was attractive I mean it you wouldn't marry him if he would be just all narcissist from the beginning there was something that was attractive to you that you decided to spend your life with this person Doctor, have you you heard the expression Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde? Yes, yes. That's the type of person. I it, we we grew up together from school, and I never really was interested in. And anyway, it evolved. I got married at 21, 22 years of age. Not until after we were married did he exhibit his personality. <laughs> They're very good like that, you know. Oh, you see, now you have an answer, Gina. You have an answer. He was not a psychopath. He was possibly, he was narcissist, but not psychopath. Why? Because he knew how to play the game. You see, psychopath doesn't need to play a game. He knows he's absolutely right. He will behave from the start. You know, he will be shocked that you, you're not compliant. But this guy, you know, he, he knew how to, to do the right 
game to, to, to sing the right song, you see. But it's violence I came out after we were married, and then it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, no congratulations, Gina, that you are a free oh, person. Yeah, thank you very much. But yeah, thank God. It was very painful to go through. I was like, I'm of a persuasion where you don't get divorced, and I would never thought that would happen. But, you know, I had to, I became Mama Bear, and I realized I do not want my sons. To, to be to empathy, um, emulate your personality or your traits. Because I have heard, and I, I I have been confirmed as I mature that you do. Uh, the kids kids watch what you do and they learn from their parents. That by you don't have to teach them by word, but they learn by your deeds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right, Gina. What would be your advice? to a woman who mm. is in your situation. Uh, let's say she is not ready to leave this relationship. What, mm. because you, you did not leave your relationship right away. Mm. You, I assume you had enough. No, as soon as we were married, he started this, started the, uh, the violent treatment of me. That was, that was the beginning. Before that, nothing, nothing. He, and he knew, he knew very well I have a very strong father. My father would have never put up with that trait. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, and... Uh, how many years you were married? How, how soon um, did you get divorced after you were married? Got, it was like 11, 12 years. Mm -hmm. 11. So what would you suggest to a young woman who is, now, let's say, so difficult. for three years and he, she can relate to what we were discussing? Mm -hmm. What would you suggest to her if she loves the man? Mm. Well, I I look at love in a different in a different way. I think than I did then. How do you look at love? How do you look at love? I look at love is is. <laughs> I mm. think love is something that you 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 build it up in your head. It is not something that you real. You have to live a, a while with with certain things for love. I mean, it's different, all different types of love that you know. You would say. Love is something you fulfill your own need. You know what I'm saying? If you can get out of that bubble and not fulfill your own need and look beyond that uh, gloss that you build around, that you hope that person, that you try to mold that person into something that will fit into your your love. But it's 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 really an illusion. It's like I mean, love exists. I really believe it. But that type of love. You know that all starry-eyed. You know he's so. Sweet, that's called so that's sweet. called falling in love. That's that's the yeah. beginning. George Bernard Shaw <laughs> said, "Love is what is left after the madness of falling in love burns out." <laughs> you see, so so yeah. many people are looking for this excitement, <laughs> and and don't, the don't excitement doesn't last. And if you after the excitement, there is still closeness and there is still uh, this uh, fondness then love can grow i believe very slowly you can grow into love what do you think about this it is one important thing that i really it popped in my head i back in the day obviously a young woman and knowing this person there were certain things that he was going through in his home life and i would i felt sorry for him maybe my sorry is turned into into you know that you know i wanted to help him First thing I would say to that young woman is, do not feel sorry for that that person, the person, mm -hmm. you know. 
Oh, Good. wonderful. Yeah, okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you, 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 can, you can interpret that as love. That's not. That's your instinct of trying to heal and help them. And, and, and you can't do that when they have this situation. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, don't coddle them. Don't um, accept that, you know, that's, that's my main thing. If I had to do it all over again, I would live my life all over again. I, yeah. I would have, if I had some maturity and even knew, I would realize, uh-uh, this person does have a certain, you know, certain trait that, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and I would know, add only, uh, it, you know, that love is a verb. Don't trust yes. words. A person can say a hundred times, I love you. But yes. love is when you act in a loving way. If a person exactly. is putting you down, that's not love. Yeah. That's not being loving. So this is but not love. He, but... he never exhibited anything that, that would really say, oh, before we were married. But afterwards, <laughs> it's like, then the floodgates opened, you know what I'm saying? It's, and then um, and I'm, I'm still thinking, well, I can help him. And this is that. He's going through this and going through that, whatever, whatever. But then. When you become violent and then it affects your, you know, it affects your children and then it doesn't even care about your child. It doesn't really care about your, your child. He left the infant in the bed alone. And uh, when I was going somewhere with some friends and he comes driving up alongside the car and pointing in the car that he, the child is not in the car and the infant's in, at home alone. So that, you know, that was real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and but why, why is it so Because he did, he did some, and he's done it uh, two or three times, uh, minimum two times afterwards, and he's done the same thing to those ladies, you know what I'm saying? So, it w <laughs> Would you find that, like, if, if there would be an argument, if he did something wrong or he hurt some, somehow you uh, or somebody, he would turn it around and change reality as if you you just didn't he understand the totally best, he was the best liar a best manipulator liar and, and he had, had people believe in him over me if, if that if he, that was amazing that was amazing yeah i, I, I promised to mention by the way uh, about gaslighting what's gaslighting and that's exactly what it is gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which the abuser attempts to sow self-doubt and confusion in the victim's mind. So that mm -hmm. a person literally, and because usually they're quite good at talking, mm -hmm. they begin to tell you a story, it's that you begin to believe and, and feel actually oh, sometimes guilty because maybe you are wrong. You see, because they totally yeah, exactly. deny doing anything wrong. It's all... If they did something wrong, if they're caught on doing something wrong, they then say it was just a joke. And then I started saying to myself, well, if I did this better, I'd improve myself on this, maybe this wouldn't happen, blah, 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 blah. Just like yeah. you're saying, and then it, it didn't work. And then when, as I said, I said, thinking about my children, I said, no, got to do it. You won't, go, you won't go to therapy. You won't sit down and sort out what's going on. So bye-bye. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't easy, doctor. It was it was it was horrendous. It was really a, a hard period in my life. But thank, Gina, thank then you. congratulations. You know, I, it sounds like you're in a better place now. Oh yes, um, I think you know. I used to pray every night. Please, God, get me through this and help me and guide me and so forth and so on. Whatever. 
and I know I got help from from God, a higher power. So, and thank God I was I was a strong individual, you know. The same, but I tried my best to to stick it out and help help the person. But there was no, there's definitely no help, you know, in that sense of it. So, and 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 they're highly intelligent, highly, highly yeah, intelligent. Oh, uh, they all. Oh yes, oh yes, because they. In order to create all these stories, to manipulate, you have to be intelligent. You actually mm-hmm. sharpen your mind if you are a narcissist and you have uh, average intelligence. You sharp, mm-hmm. It's possible to develop your intelligence, to build mm-hmm. your intelligence by practicing. And they're practicing, practicing mm-hmm. uh, manipulating people. So... Uh, well, uh, you know, there is a Hebrew word, achava, for love, achava. And the root of the word love, achava, is have, which means give. So if somebody is loving, they give. They don't mm-hmm. uh, try to take. They don't try to com- manipulate you. They don't try to put you down. They just want to give. And if it's not giving, it's something else for sure. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, Gina. Thank you very much for calling. And in. thank you for thank you for thank you for what what you give to us. I appreciate it also. Thank, thank you. I'm always listening. <laughs> thank always. you. Thank you. Nice to know that you're there. Okay. Same here. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. So, so basically, I, I want to finish um, about gaslighting because it's kind of a, a strategy. Um, that narcissists develop. Uh, typically, gaslighters are seeking to gain power and control of the person. And how do they do it? By destroying a reality and forcing them, uh, people to question their own judgment and intuition. So, you know, you maybe heard some people say, a person was playing games with my head. That's what it is. They say something that is totally not true, and then they they are kind of making you feel like you're an idiot if you are not understanding. And because they put it in a nice package, they're usually very eloquent, you begin to question whether they're right or not. Well, maybe you're in your right, not in your right mind. Some, particularly if, if uh, you live with a narcissist and in close quarters and you don't have many f- friends to run this uh, abuse by, by them. And uh, because very often if you have friends to share uh, and hopefully they don't go through the same experience that you do, uh, they will tell you this is not normal. So... If you are dealing with narcissists, again, I, I assume, unlike Gina, that I'm happy for Gina that she decided to get rid of the narcissist, but notice it took her still 11 years. But if you, let's say you love a person and you find that a person is a narcissist and possibly Gina loved him and uh, her ex-husband also in the beginning, and but you do not want to uh, give up that relationship, what do you do? Well, then uh, you need to work on on the sense of self. You need to work on your own confidence and to understand that you're living 
with a narcissist. And that will immediately, that already will help a lot. Because then you will stop blaming yourself. You can even develop a term for yourself. Uh, let's say it's John who is talking like this, or, or Judy is talking like this, uh, uh, being narcissistic, and you catch it. Uh, and you heard all this criteria that Gina and I listed. And what you need to say is, here goes John, here goes Judy, being herself. And that means being narcissistic, being manipulative. And it's okay. If they want to act this way, as long as you don't take it personally, as long as you don't begin to blame yourself, uh, people who do not respect themselves, people who have weak boundaries, uh, are people who will put up with a narcissist and and slowly begin to deteriorate mentally and emotionally. Uh, and uh, narcissists appear very confident, have great charisma. So in the beginning of the relationship, I like you see what Jeanette said in the beginning, he was fantastic. But then once you settle in the relationship, once he got her now, she's his wife. Now he could be himself. So, and, but, but to get a person into a relationship, they will do everything. They, they will do their performance because they know right from wrong. Remember, we spoke about the difference between psychopath and a narcissist. This, the narcissist knows what is right. Psychopath doesn't have any feeling and may not even be aware that what he or she is doing is, is not right. Narcissist does. So, so what do you do when you live with a narcissist? Uh, you build your own confidence through what positive self talk, I would suggest you talk to your friends and ask them several different friends, ask them what they know about you to tell to write honestly what they know about you. Because you being with a narcissist, you may actually begin to doubt your own self worth, who you are. So and then take their word and begin to affirm it saying to yourself, that's who I am, that's who I am. And then when the narcissist begins to attack you, you say, Oh, that's who he is, or that's who she is. Also forgiving yourself for your mistakes, because there are, in truth, there are no mistakes, there are only experiences that show you which way to go or which way not to go. If you do something that uh, does not produce results that you like, you learned. So you did not make a mistake, you just made the choice that demonstrated to you the way not to go. So you're closer to finding your path. The next thing to do uh, is surround yourself with supportive people who believe in you and who you believe. Yes, you if you live with a narcissist and you are committed to, in the, to that relationship, yes, you, you accept it, that that's who he is. And but you need other people who are less critical. Uh, because otherwise it's suffocating to be with a person all the time, only with a person who is 
are narcissistic because they, they cannot have an equal partner next to them. They have to have somebody who is subordinate. And the next thing is know how to advocate for yourself. If, if a narcissist wants something and you don't, you say, that's perfectly fine. You can do what you want to do. I feel I want to do something else. And if they, of course, they want to out debate you, they want to outsmart you. So they will ask you, why do you want to do it? Never explain why. Say, I don't know why. It feels right or it doesn't feel right. And that's it. Remember, you have as much right to live as as this person. So, uh, and like Gina taught us, uh, also know how, when the time is to live. Toxic relationships uh, have a seriously a serious impact on your mental well-being, on your physical well-being. Uh, so you have to know, even if it's difficult, if you if it's about saving your life, you have to make a commitment and, and move. But note, and, and if you are not capable, there are also, I have here, I wrote it somewhere, uh, if you are a victim of violence, uh, uh, though most of the time narcissists are not really violent, they're emotionally violent, but there is a nesting a national domestic violence hotline. And again, it doesn't have to be physical violence. I have here a number 1-800-799-7233. And they give you confidential assistance if you call. But I have a few minutes, but I want to say something else. We've been speaking about narcissists and as if it's like, we, we, we are not narcissists, but and they are our, quote, enemy or their adversary. We're talking against, we're t- learning how to protect ourselves from them. But what about them? And over the years, I worked with some narcissists. How do you help them? I have to say, unfortunately, they themselves, if you are in a relationship with a narcissist and you tell them your person is a narcissist and you let them read uh, diagnostic uh, criteria of narcissism, it's super difficult for a person to stop being narcissistic on their own. If they value the relationship with you, they would be willing to go and seek therapy. Uh, The therapist can help them to, to make changes, but it's really a lot of slow behavioral changes, I believe. Most of the time they understand very quickly that uh, their behavior is narcissistic. It's, the question is how to change. By the way, you also, for you, if you're in a relationship with narcissists, would be probably also um, useful to learn how to not be dependent on, on the person who is narcissistic. Uh, and therapists will teach you ways of healing and self-care and self-love. Uh, will probably teach you how to protect yourself uh, and how to set clear boundaries. Boundaries, as I said, is the most, probably the most important. Uh, what, regarding the narcissists, how to help them, they need to learn empathy. And I worked with 
uh, narcissists by teaching them empathy, using mental imagery, teaching them how to become another person um, who is in pain, who is suffering. And that's my way to teach narcissists empathy. Once narcissists become empathetic, they are no longer narcissists. They are already beyond that, that closed space of being uh, caring only about themselves because they begin to feel pain of the other person. But that's also an involved process and it takes time. Anyway, um, if you have any questions, further questions about narcissism, you can send me an email. And next week, we'll talk about ADD and ADHD. Um, and for now, I have to say goodbye and thank you for being with us today. Uh, I wish you a wonderful week. Be happy, choose to be happy, choose life. Peace to all who want to live in peace.